We are so blessed in this service today to have brother and sister David Morrison. Sister Morrison, we're so delighted that you're here and you just happened to bring your husband. We appreciate that so much. These are tremendous people. I've had the privilege and the honor of being um, at their church several times. And they built a beautiful brand new building right visible right from the highway right there in Harrison, Arkansas. And they're doing an incredible work. They're incredible leaders. And Brother Morrison is an incredible preacher. And I want to tell you, I know he's here because of Summit. I invited him to stay the weekend. But I want him to come back at another time and preach for us and, and just be with us. Why don't we go ahead and put our hands together under the Lord as this man of God comes to preach in Jesus' name. Why don't we give the Lord a really good hand clap of praise? Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. <laughs> oh, nobody didn't make me come to this house today. Amen. There was a drawing power of God. And uh, before I set the tone of where I'm going to go, Bishop Mayo, I would be amiss today if I did not obey God. As you leaned over to me today and you said, I feel that you have a word for God for us here today. Bishop Mayo, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But I do feel that the Lord give me a direct word for you and Sister Mayo and this local assembly. This is not my message today. And if you'll forgive me, I know that this is probably somewhat different than you would normally start a service I promise to uh, thank everyone that has, amen, that has um, made this trip the enjoyable as it has been and so powerful. But in Jeremiah, the 51st chapter and the 21st verse, the Bible said, And with thee will I break in pieces the horse and his rider. And with thee will I break in pieces the chariot and his rider. Bishop Mayo, when I walked into the little room back here, out these double doors here, the Lord had sent me on an assignment to tell you and Sister Mayo and this local assembly, God is not going to just destroy the rider, but he is going to destroy the horse and the rider. And God is going to give you dominance in this region, in the northwest region. Amen. And you're leading the charge. Aren't you thankful, amen, for what God is doing in this local assembly? Won't you lift your hands up to God right now? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, amen, 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 amen. I'll be honest with you, I wrestled. I wrestled all the way over to about 1.30 this morning on what um, I really was 
uh, feeling after uh, but uh, I just could not get away from that I hope uh, Bishop Mayo you do not feel that um, I'm taking too much liberty today but I felt to obey what the Lord had given me if you'll turn with me in your Bibles the Psalms of 150 and verse number 2 and while you're turning there I want to say a very special thank you to Bishop and Sister Mayo and this wonderful church and staff here the accommodations the room the basket everything the meals have been just uh, I, it, you said five stars I'd say ten stars and uh, it has just been over the amen it has been incredible uh, and uh, I thought about this as we were here during the summit conference how many's enjoyed this conference amen powerful powerful words from God and we have felt the glory of God and uh, but I thought um, the uh, as we were going through these services and God was moving, I thought about as the Queen of Sheba, she went to Solomon's temple, and one of the things that was so impressive to her was because the people were happy to be serving. And I'm telling you, Cornerstone, you exhibit that that very thing, the, the kindness, the hospitality, uh, the smiles on your face. If, if you're not happy, you sure got a, a weird way of showing it. It looks like everybody's happy around here, and uh, we're so grateful for that. Amen. Aren't you thankful for your leadership? Bishop and Sister Mayo, you have had an incredible impact, not just in, in, in this city, but also around the world. And uh, the impact that your man of God and First Lady has had in Harrison, Arkansas, there's just no way to measure that. He has preached for us numerous times, and every single time it has been anointed by God and it has been a direct word from God. He has spoken things into my life personally that has helped me to mature as a pastor in growing a church. And I learned a long time ago, if you want to be successful, you have to surround yourself with successful people and people that love the kingdom. I'm not looking to be around phonies. I'm looking to, to be around real people that love his kingdom. And you've got that in Bishop and Sister Mayo. They're incredible people in the kingdom of God. Bishop, we love you. Amen. Appreciate you to the staff. Again, thank you as well. Amen. I am so honored to have my beautiful wife, the most beautiful woman in this room today. She is an incredible lady. And uh, if there's anything good about me outside God, I can assure you she has had a lot of responsibility in that. So we appreciate, amen, her uh, very much. And then also I want to say this. He's not here today, but I want to give honor to my man of God, my bishop. If you walked into my office today and you look behind my desk, there would be a picture. To some, they would probably not even understand the picture. But in that picture, there is a shoe and that it's been nailed to the platform. On a Saturday evening about almost 20 years ago, a very confused young man that needed direction from God and needed a man for God to clear his mind. We got in our car and we drove, we drove all the way to North Little Rock, Arkansas. I remember the exact place that I sat. I remember, amen, what I felt, and I remember the message that Bishop Holmes preached. He preached, a he preached, the title of his message was, A Nail in a Sure Place, and he nailed that shoe to the platform. I'm thankful I found, amen, my place in the house of God, and I thank God for the man of God that he has placed in my life. I would not be standing behind this sacred desk today if it wasn't Amen for my pastor. Aren't you thankful for your pastor on this Sunday morning? I know that I'm grateful to the great saints of the Rock Church in Harrison, Arkansas that are watching today.
There's no place like home. We had church about two hours before this service. I had church in my hotel room. Amen. They may have thought I was a little crazy, but I felt the Lord come down. And we just had church. My son preached. And I thank God for what he done in Harrison as well. Well, I've got you standing. Amen. Psalms 150 and verse number 2. The Bible said, praise him for his what? Mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. If God will help me just for a few moments, I want to preach to you. Praise him because he's holy. Praise him because he's holy. Can you set your Bible aside right now? Lift your hands this direction and let's ask God one more time, amen, to help us in this place today. God, we love you. I need your help. God, I need, God, the anointing of the Lord to follow me in this house today. God, I ask, God, that you would not just anoint me, but anoint every person that's in this room today. Let everything that we do glorify you and lift you up. And can the church say amen? Amen. One more time, why don't you clap your hands unto God before you're seated. God bless you. You can be seated. It's amazing to me that we walked in this morning and we felt what we felt, not because I did not expect God to be here, but I assumed that after three hard days and really more than three hard days of people have sacrificially giving of themselves, that they would be tired, they would be wore out, they would not really have much to give. But let me just tell you, Cornerstone, on this Sunday morning, you didn't disappoint Brother Morrison and you sure didn't disappoint God. God is in this house. God is in this room. God is smiling on us in this house today. Praise doesn't make sense to men or women that are carnal, but it is perfect sense to us in this service today who know the power and the redemption of what God has done for us as we sit here in this service. There are no doubt if we took this microphone and we began to let each and every one of you stand and give your testimony of where God found you, where God brought you from, and the testimony of your deliverance. We could shout and we could praise and we could give God thanks. Can I stop on my way to where I'm going here and tell you that when you see somebody that's excited about worshiping, they're excited about God, don't you ever try to stop them and try to hold them back on their praise from God. You have no ideal sometimes of where God brought them from. You have no idea of what God delivered them from. You have no idea how God has set them free. If you would have been set free like they had been set free, they might have been a little bit more praise. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room today. I don't know what you come expecting, but the Holy Ghost come to fall in this house today. Praise was never to be determined on our present state of circumstances. I'm telling you, I heard the story one time, and, and maybe you have, but, but it talked about the man. How, how many remember the accordion? 
Anybody remember the accordion? Growing up in the church, the pastor's wife had an accordion. And we would go down to the baptism. We didn't have the, the luxuries of having a, a baptismal tank there at the church, so we just had to go down to the creek. But Bishop Mayo, she would take that accordion, and she'd begin to play that accordion and move it back and forth. And she'd begin to sing, Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? How many's been washed in the blood of the Lamb on this Sunday? Sunday morning. How many's been set free in this house? Thank God for what he's done. The story is told that the gentleman was playing the accordion and he was going back and forth and he, he was just, man, he was masterfully on, on this accordion just going up and down and man people were astonished and, and Bishop Mayo, they, they were amazed but they really got uh, uh, curious when he flipped that accordion on, on top of itself and began to play that accordion just as skillfully as it was if it was upright can I tell you on this Sunday morning, it's it's not how good you praise God when everything's going good in your life. But when hell turns it upside down and you can still praise God in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your circumstance, in the midst of your problems, I come to encourage somebody on this Sunday morning that you serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Oh, you could ever ask for thing. Clap your hands unto God. Oftentimes, our praise only comes when everything is up on the top, when everything is going good. But I've lived for God long enough, and I've been in the church long enough to know that every day the sun wasn't shining that everything in my life wasn't going good. I walk down this hallway while we've been here several times. I see the pictures, Bishop Mayo. I looked at those chairs in the first building. I remember we had those exact same chairs in our first building. I begin to walk down that back hallway. And, and, and oh, I didn't start the church here and know little, little about the history of it. I know that your bishop and his wife, they started it. I begin to walk down that same road in my own mind. People will never know what it costs, amen, to get where you're at. They can point and they can say, oh, it's just been handed to them. But you hear me on this Sunday morning, there's nothing that was worth fighting for been handed to anybody that rolled their sleeves up and said, I'm staying. I'm building a church. I'm not walking away. God's going to do it. We went to Harrison, Arkansas. I made up in my mind one thing and one, one thing only, that there was no quit in leaving that city. I remember an elder telling me, he said, you know what you need to do? You need to make up in your mind you're going to stay there. You need to go buy you some cemetery plots. You need to say, I'm staying. I'm dying here. And he said, if you can do that in your mind, he said, I'll tell you what will happen. He said, you'll build a church in that city. It's nothing of me. It's all the glory of God. But when you travel down 65 and you see that cathedral that pierces those Ozark 
disguise. You hear me? It's because a man and a woman and a body of people made up in their mind, we're not quitting. We're not stopping. We're going to build it for the kingdom. Oh, yeah. If we had people to leave, oh, yeah, we've had people to leave. We've had people to walk away. It'd go up, it'd come down. It'd go up, it'd come down. It'd go up, it'd come down. But all the time, God was building a nucleus inside the four walls of that building that beats an anthem on this Sunday morning that says we're moving towards revival and that we're moving towards a move of God. And that anthem is amplified in this room today that you could have been tired and you could have stayed home and you could have come here to church on this Sunday morning and went through the routines that you said no sir, no ma'am I'm going to the house of God and I'm going to be intentional my praise is going to be intentional my worship is going to be intentional, I praise him not because everything's good, I praise him because of his excellent greatness God help us on this Sunday morning but God is saying, amen, prove me. Prove me in the middle of your storm. Prove me in the middle of your trial. No, I didn't come today just to fluff you up. I didn't come just to give you a pretty message. I didn't come to just to put a band-aid on what you're going through. But God sent me to this house on this Sunday morning to take and to shine light in the darkness in your life and tell you no matter how dark it gets that you can still worship God and praise God in the rain and in the storm. I know you're going through some things. I know you face some battles. I know you're going through some storms. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. I submit to you on this Sunday morning, the most attractive thing you and I will ever do is praise him for his excellent greatness and for his mighty acts. I've already said it today. I've lived long enough that I've had days in life that they weren't perfect. They wasn't what I wanted to be. But I'm telling you, I'm not praising him because I'm perfect. And because I've got everything all fixed up and prettied up, I'm praising him because he's holy. I said I'm praising him because he's good. And on this Sunday morning, if hell has hit you in the face, the greatest tool you can use is get on your feet. Amen. Put your hands together. Stop them and let hell know I got the victory. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room today. I will not apologize. Amen. How I worship. I look, Bishop Mayo, you forgive me. I know I was doing a little bit of observation this week. But when Bishop Mayo would put those hands out 
and he would go around about three circles and he would run from one end of the platform to the other. I said, God, give me some of that. That's the way I want to worship. I don't want to tell people they got to worship and me set like a dead head. Woo! I don't want to preach to people. They got to praise God. I want to show them how to praise God. I want to show them how to worship. I want to show them how to give God thanks. So on this Sunday morning, I don't believe you will, and I know I'm not. We're not going to apologize for our worship. We're not going to apologize for our praise. We're not going to apologize for how we magnify God. It was him and him alone that brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And then you want me to sit there like, oh, I, you know, God owed me something. And, oh, you know what? I might give him just a little bit. Oh, no. I got to give him everything. I said I got to give him everything. Everything that I have. Everything that I'll be. Everything that God has given me he's given it to me I don't have anything outside God <laughs> Psalms 22 and 3 but thou art holy thou art holy aren't you glad you serve a holy God Amen, a holy God. And thou, amen, that inhabit the praise of Israel. It's not just coming and going through a routine. It's not just coming in here and somebody cheerleading you to get you up off your feet. But there's something about it that he inhabits the praises of his people. When you come in here and you worship God like you do, you're creating a habitation for the glory of God to come down. You're creating something, amen, for the miraculous to happen. You're creating something for God's power to fall, for somebody to get delivered, for somebody to be set free, for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The importance of praising God is mentioned hundreds of times in the Old and the New Testament. Praising God means telling others, amen, and expressing how wonderful and great, amen, the God of heaven means to us and how much that we love him. Again, he inhabits the praises of his people, meaning he is looking for you, not you looking for him. I said, when you begin to send praise up, it's something that is attracted to God. That while you're giving it to God, God begins to chase after you. Because it's a free, amen, will, moral agent that steps out and begins to worship and to praise God. The angels are commanded to worship God. They have no choice. But he give us a choice in this room today of how we praise him and how we worship him and I intend to my dying day put me on a staff but get me as close as you can to the front of the building I want to praise him I want to worship him I want to magnify his name
Oh, God. You want to know how to stay blessed today? You want to know how to stay in favor with God today? I'll tell you how to stay in favor with God. Is that when you praise Him according to His excellent grace. According to His mighty acts. The greatest act of humanity is that when God draws a man or a woman that's been in the world, that's been scarred, and they have been taken, and they've really just been crumbled up and threw in a waste can somewhere, that God takes it, and he pulls it out of that waste basket, and he unfolds it, and he doesn't take all the wrinkles out, because I want you to know this, that you're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of your testimony. The world still needs, amen, to see the wrinkles of what sin done, but they need to see the greatness of how he redeemed you out of this world. I want to stay blessed. I want to stay with God's favor. Not according to my circumstance. Not according to how I feel. Not according to what's popular. Not, not according to this Laodicean church age that wants to come to church and just thank you Jesus and that's all you ever get from God when David when he went and he got the Ark of the Covenant back he made some mistakes and he had to correct them but when he began to bring that Ark of the Covenant back home he would take about six steps set that Ark down and he'd begin to worship and he'd begin to praise God oh God amen I don't want to ever take the presence of a holy God for granted Micah stands Amen's out that window. And she says, hey, David, do you not realize who you are? Do you not realize that you're royalty? Do you not realize you're the king? David, do you not realize the stature of a man that you are? David, you're making a fool of yourself. You better be careful what you say about people getting radical in their praise. You know why? Because old Micah, she got her womb she got it closed up never to bear children again. The quickest way that we'll stop first from happening around these altars is to try to stop praise. I'm telling somebody on this Sunday morning that your praise is conditioning you for everything you're doing, everything you're, wherever you're going. I'm telling you, don't stop praising him. Praise him to the next victory. Praise him in the trial. Praise him in your circumstance. Praise him in defeat. Praise him because he's holy. He's God, and he's God alone. He has all power. He has all wisdom. He has all knowledge. He's holy. I'm praising him this morning because I serve a holy God. I serve a righteous God. I serve a God that sits on the throne and can do whatever you need him to do today. Acts, the 16th chapter, the 21st verse. And at midnight, Paul and Silas praised, prayed, and sang praise to God. Locked up, bound up, in prison. 
I can tell you what some of us would be doing. Poor pitiful little old me. I thought God loved me. I thought God cared for me. And here I am, I'm in this prison. God's abandoned me. Rat infested. Nasty, disgusting. They're beating us every time they get a chance. But did they complain? Did they murmur? No. What they done is they began to pray. And then after they got through with a good prayer meeting, let me just tell you, for your praise to really work, you first got to have a real good prayer meeting. I said, you first got to have a real good prayer meeting with God. I'm telling you, there's been things that I've had to face that I did not know how they were going to work out. I did not know how it was going to come together. But just a little talk with Jesus, it may not have changed the problem at the moment, but it sure changed how I viewed the problem at the time. It got me up. It got me walking. I got my flesh by the mouth of the neck and I said you're going to that pulpit and you're going to preach another message you're going to go back to church and pray another prayer you're going to go back to church and you're going to worship and praise God Bishop Mayo there's been times I walked behind that sacred desk and you know how much God I felt? Nothing. Not one thing. But I'm not stepping behind that pulpit to feel something. And though I love to feel the anointing like I'm feeling right now in this place, I'm telling you, I walk behind that sacred desk because I have a duty and an obligation with God that my calling is without repentance. I'm not preaching for the applause of man. I'm preaching for the, the appreciation, amen, and the acceptance of who God is. When I don't feel anything from God, it's those services that when I step behind that sacred desk, there's an anointing that falls down over the top of me and I preach like the house is on fire but you got trouble pastor you got circumstance man of God it doesn't matter I'm praising him because of his excellent greatness I'm praising him because of his mighty acts I'm praising him My wife left me last week, Brother Morse. Come back to church and keep on praising God. My kids walked away. Keep on coming back to church and praising God. My, I got fired on my job. Keep on praising God. God may, oh, this is a good one right here. And somebody gets up and you got fired off your job. And somebody else stands up and they testify and they got a $100,000 a year raise. You know what you do? It, it's got to be an automatic. Can't think about it. You got to do it. Okay, go down that way. Somebody gets blessed and you got trouble. Just get up and praise God. Somebody got things going on. Just get up and praise God. You got trouble. Just keep on praising him. Don't let the devil take you dance. Don't let the devil take you praise. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I'm praising him because he's holy. Tell you what you're not going to get. You ain't going to get nothing from God. God can't stand the powder. God can't stand somebody pitiful little old me. I'm not trying to diminish your problems. God cares about your problems. But God cares more about your praise in your problem. Because he's already got the problem worked out. Bishop, only one thing. I feel too much at home today. I'm scaring myself up here. It's a... But I'm telling you... You're pulling the preacher out of me today. I said, this church... You've got to be tired. I know you've got to be worried. But you're pulling the preacher out of me today. And I want to tell you that that's the reason that God give you the word. And the man of God, the word he did. He's not just going to crush the, the rider. He's going to crush the rider and the horse. Psalms. 119 and 62. At midnight, I will praise and give thanks. What are you doing this morning, Brother Morrison? I'm praising him because he's holy. I'm praising him because he is good. Everything you want, amen, is on the other side of you not giving up, but you praising him. Somebody needs to get that. Everything you've been asking God for is on the other side of you not quitting and walking away. Somebody here today, devil's done told you, you might as well throw in the towel. You might as well quit. You might as well walk away. But the Holy Ghost sent this little five foot five preacher on this Sunday morning to preach to somebody that's locked up, that's bound up, that's held up. And God's saying, if you'll just hold on and you'll just praise me, praise me in the prison cell, praise me in the storm, praise you in the problem. Don't get Give up. Your miracle is on the other side of your praise. Hallelujah. It's dark, Brother Morse. I know. I get it. I've been there. But in 1 Kings 8 and 12, 2 Chronicles 6 and 1, the word of the Lord would state, the Lord said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Now, what's your reason you can't pray? Praise God. What's your reason you can't magnify God? You're saying you can't praise him because it's dark and you're in the middle of a storm. He's saying that in the middle of your storm and in darkness, I'm there. He said, I dwell in thick. Not just where they turn the lights off and I can still see how to get back there. He said, thick darkness. 
When I think about thick darkness, I think about walking into one of these rooms with no windows. And turning the light off, Bishop Mayo, and you can't even see your hand in front of you. And God says, I dwell in thick darkness. Honey, I don't know where you're at. It may be so dark, you can't see nothing. But I'm telling you, the great God of heaven, come by on this Sunday morning to tell you if you'll just reach out in that darkness. I promise you, you're about to feel the Holy Ghost. You're about to feel the power. You're about to feel the anointing. You're about to feel the glory. You're about to feel the power. You're about to feel the, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're moving and you're inching closer to God. The writer would say, you're a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It may be pitch black, but if I can but touch him. It's dark. It's all right. Keep on praising him. I'm going to praise him because he's holy. I'm going to praise him because he's mighty acts. I'm going to praise him because his excellent greatness. The sweetest incense of our praise is when your world has been turned upside down and you do not have the answers for your problem, but you still praise God according to his excellent greatness and according to his might. I'm here this morning, Brother Morrison. I feel like I've just got one little finger sticking up out of the water. My head's done went under. I'm telling you, you come to the right place. You come at the right time. And you came at the right moment. You may be tired in your body. But let me just tell you, if you can get to Jesus, he's going to change everything. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he's going to change what you thought was impossible. He's going to change what you thought wouldn't work. He's going to change what you thought would never be fixed. God's going to fix it. But we're human. I said we're human. We're driven by our emotions. We're driven by the compulsion of something. It's a knee-jerk reaction. And we want to take him. We want to hold him. We want to hold God to a different standard than we hold ourselves to. We want God to do his part, but we don't want to do our part. We want God to work for us, but we don't want to do We don't want to go pray. We don't want to go worship. We don't want to submit to the man of God. I don't hear, I'm just saying my message today, but I'm going to preach a little bit. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how many degrees you have behind your name. I don't care how much money you got in your 401k or how much you got in savings. You will never supersede the man of God that God has placed in your life in this local assembly. I don't care how many of them get on Facebook. I don't care how many of them get on Instagram. I don't care how many of them call. Matter of fact, you shouldn't be answering their calls. It didn't even be my notes, but I feel that in the Holy Ghost today. I think one of, the, one of our elders just told us this week, you need to hit the unfollow button. 
Anything that's against him is against God. Anything. Go ahead. Line yourself with a house of Korah and you'll get yourself in trouble with God. You better stay behind the man of God. You better hold the man of God's hands up. You better say, preacher, I'm going to stand by you. We may go through hell and high water, but we ain't quitting. We ain't walking away. We're here. We're here to build a church. Oh, hallelujah. You hear me today? Jesus' name. I mean, the worst thing you can do is let somebody turn you against the very man that's getting up here in this sanctuary and crawling under a pew and praying for you and pleading your case before God. Don't tell me it don't work that way. Don't tell me it don't work that way. It worked that way with Moses. God, Moses said, God, if you're going to kill them, you got to kill me. And you got a man of God and his wife and this church family that will say, you know what? I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to be here with you. I'm not going anywhere. And God, if you're going to kill them, then go ahead and kill me too. Ooh. So on this Sunday morning, while you're praising him, and when you're going into battle, just remember, there's a general, a five-star, eight-star. How far you can go, I don't know all the stars. There's a lot of them up there. But you hear me? You got a general in the army of God. And you know what he's doing? He's, he's, not, he's not putting you in front of him. Being, he's leading the charge himself. He said, we're going to victory. We're going to revival. We're going to reach our city. The only problem I see around here, Bishop Mayo, is this building ain't big enough. I said the only problem I see around here, there ain't enough space in this building. That's the only. Knock out a wall. Push out something. They're on the way. I said they're on the way. There ain't enough seats in this local assembly to bring what God's getting ready to do. And what God's, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I wonder if somebody would take a few moments and step out in the aisle and praise God for the revival that's already here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him because he's holy. Praise him because he's good. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him according to his mighty acts. Brotherhood, if you're watching, those prayers obviously worked. Because everybody else said, I feel sorry for you. Having to preach behind all these preachers. I did too. I was feeling sorry for myself. But you know what I told them? I said, I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to preach what God gives me. And I'm going to have fun while I'm doing it. There ain't no better life. There ain't no better church. 
there ain't no better group of people. We're having fun in the kingdom of God. We're having fun in the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. God's good. Again, I want to say it one more time. The sweetest instance of praise that will ever come out of you towards God is when you praise him when your world is upside down. Everybody can praise him when it's going good. We all want to praise him for those times. We don't want to ever. You know what I'll tell you what you're doing when you're praising him? When everything's going good, you're putting deposits in your spiritual bank account. You better be putting some deposits. You better not wait till your trouble comes. And then you want to step out and praise God. You better praise God well before that trial ever gets there. You say, God, I'm putting some, I'm putting some, 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 some things in, into reserve. I'm going to praise you right now because I know just as soon as the sun's going to set tomorrow, God, there's going to come my moment. Because it's, because again, the writer would say, Amen, man that is born is few days and full of what? Trouble's going to come. You ain't going to stop it. Don't blame the church. Don't blame the pastor. Don't blame the first lady. Don't, don't blame the staff. Don't blame the, the praise team. It's just life. But when trouble comes, that's where the true test comes into play. Whether you can still praise God in the midst of your storm. Brother Morrison, everything in my world right now is turned upside down. That's all the reason in the world for you to get lost in his presence. To let the glory of God settle down on you. That little woman with the issue of blood, she tried everything. Some of you done tried the bank. You done tried the lawyer. You done tried the psychiatrist. You done tried everything you know to try. Just like this little woman with the issue of blood did. But she heard that Jesus was in the city. And that Jesus had been opening up the blinded eyes. Unstopping the deaf ears. The dead being raised up. If I can just, I don't, I don't even got to put my hands on his hands. That's a beautiful hand right there. I'm not going to propose, but it's been good for almost 25 years now. She said, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I can be what? I can be made whole. God ain't interested in putting a band-aid on you today. God's wanting to make you whole today. I said, God's not interested in putting a band-aid on you today. God's wanting to make you whole today. But Brother Morrison, I got to get up here. And Bishop Mayo's got to lay his hands on me and shake, let me help, and shake me around a little bit. For me to get my miracle. No, all you got to do is get close to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. And the Bible said she was made whole and virtue left his body. To the place 
Jesus looks around. Who touched me? Carnal disciples. Well, Lord, there's thousands of people around you. No, no, no. Somebody touched me. And virtue, virtue, virtue left my body. Somebody needs to feel the virtue flowing through your veins today before you leave this service. You need to feel the healing power and the deliverance of God setting you free. Yeah, you may be locked up in jail, Paul and Silas, but when you begin to pray and you begin to sing, I'm telling you, there's going to be the first jailhouse rock there ever was because there's going to be a shaking. I said, there's going to be a shaking. There's going to be a moving. I said, there's going to be a moving and something's going to happen where the chains fall off and when the prison door opens up. It's midnight but it's right for a miracle from God today. It's trouble but it's a miracle from God today. I wrote this down. If you can endure the nightmare you will experience the dream. I said if you can endure the nightmare you will experience the dream the dream that we heard these elders talk about this week my lord if you didn't get fed the last three days you just had your mouth sewed up shut up I don't know what you had going on I was sitting like a little kid at a candy shop brother Marks would appreciate this today You know what I was? I was. This is a good. This is a good illustration because my feet's not touching. Some people say, "Does that bother you?" They joke. Absolutely not. I've been in. I've been in services where I had to have skin graft after I got through. That don't bother me. Just like a little kid in a candy shop. Man, God, give me some. Give me a word from you. Where's our joy went? Where's our anticipation with the Word of God? That we come to church and we sit on the edge of our chair and we're not looking for our pastor to perform and we're not looking to see how great an oratorial he can be and you got one of the best what I say but instead of making him perform for you that there would be such a hunger out of your heart that says man of God whatever you got for me that's what I want whatever you want to feed me I'm sitting at the table nobody's getting my place nobody's getting my position I'm here because he's holy. I'm here because of his excellent greatness. I'm here because of his mighty acts. I'll come to the music today. If you can endure the nightmare, you will experience the dream. The writer said, Praise him in the sanctuary. Give me some of that. I'm talking about let it shatter the pain in here today. Hey! It's kind of another gear that we need to... It's a joy unspeakable that's full of glory. That when they do that right there, I had somebody tell me this. I got to share this with you. 
had somebody tell me one time, well, I don't want to play like that because that's being too, that's being too, uh, that's being too showy. I said, hold on a minute. I said, David played. Say that again, Sister Mel. Skillfully. I don't think that's mediocre. I don't think that's just doing, 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 doing. No. He played skillfully and he played with all of his might. That's the reason David said, You come to me with spirit and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Because he wouldn't give God half praise back on the backside of a death, on the backside of a, amen, somewhere with those sheep, giving God a half praise. He was singing, he was playing, he was dancing, he was worshiping, he was praising God. So God wants you to play skillfully. And I said, the difference in somebody that's arrogant and cocky with their talent and their ability is solely on the purpose but it has nothing to do with what God has given them with the ability and the anointing to use for His glory the Bible didn't tell me to get up here and me to just uh, well I'm just going run through my notes today no no, no one's not going to work I better go to 39 no 30 the, 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 39 is not going to work. It's going to be. I better go to 45. No. God's looking for a man or a woman to get under a pew somewhere and get a word from God. To say, God, when I stand behind that sacred desk, the one, the one of the most humbling and most precious gifts known to man to stand behind the sacred desk and to preach to the greatest people on the planet. For me to get up here on Sunday morning and give you a canned sermon. Shame on a preacher that give a canned sermon. Get up and get a word from God. Don't be lazy about what you're doing. Feed the people of God. He said, if you love me, feed the people of God. Feed the church. I didn't come to you with just a canned message on this Sunday morning. I come to tell you on this Sunday morning, you got to praise him according to his excellent greatness. I come to tell you, you got to praise him according to his... He said, praise him in the sanctuary. That's the where. He said, praise him in the permanent of his power. That's the how. He said, praise him because of his mighty acts. That's the why. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. That's the who. And on this Sunday morning, I come to tell you, I come to praise him. I come to worship him. I know you're tired. I know you wore out. And I don't want to wear my welcome out by, hey amen, asking you to do this today. But I wonder if you'd just step out from around those chairs, around those pews. You'd get somebody by the hand.
And as they begin to lead us in worship one more time with what little bit you got. See, it's not God's looking for you to do any more, anything more than what you got. But God say, what little bit do you have? Would you give it to me? I come on this Sunday morning to lay everything out on the table. I said to lay everything out on the table. How many come to praise him on this Sunday morning? How many come to worship him? Why? Because he drew you out of this darkness and put you in this marvelous light. He give you the Holy Ghost. He give you power. He give you dominion. He give you authority. You need the Holy Ghost. You can get it before you leave this house today. There's an atmosphere in this room that whatever you do, you got cancer, God can heal it. You got disease in your body, God can do it. You got a child away from God, God bring them back home. You got a marriage that suffered today, God can put it back together. Here, I come to tell you, the marriage ain't over. I said the marriage ain't over. Praise Him. Praise Him because He's good. Not because everything's good in your life, but because He's good. Did He give you the Holy Ghost? Did He give you power? If He did, they're about to do it. Seen some I'm liking. I said I've. Somebody about to go down in Jesus' name. Somebody's about to get their sins washed away. Somebody's about to get put into the Lamb's book of life. Come on and give Him praise. Worship Him and give God thanks.